Veronica has her sword, Tom has his laser, and I have my mind. And a mind needs books and this podcast as a sword needs a whetstone if it's to keep its edge. Go to patreon.com slash sword and laser to pledge support and sharpen your mind. Hey everyone, welcome to Sword and Laser. I'm Veronica Belmont. And I'm Tom Merritt. Sword and Laser is a book club, but it's so much more. We bring you author interviews, news from the world of science fiction and fantasy, and awesome discussions from fans just like you. And today we are very proud to have with us two of the winners of the Inkshares Nerdist Contest, uh, Zach Linville and Dave Barrett. Thank you both for being with us. Oh, thank you for inviting us and having us here. Yeah, you guys are, uh, you guys must be exhausted. Uh, we know from our own experiences of doing an Inkshares contest that it's a lot of work. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a lot of work. It's been a long road. It's been about 10 months. Um, and I know, Dave, you can talk about your experiences. Your book's out on shelves now. Oh, well, yeah. So, I mean, you know, not much sooner than yours is going to be. Um, but yeah, you know, the, uh, I submitted my uh, book to Inkshares uh, probably October 2nd, October 3rd, something along those lines, and it's just now um, uh, getting into bookstores. It's a, it's a ridiculously long process, much longer than I expected it was going to be. Now, through the magic of space-time travel, uh, most people are hearing this on August 10th. So, Zach, your book is in bookstores now. <laughs> that yes. is magic. Isn't that amazing? Uh, it is actually my book has been put out in shelves early to oh, begin cool. with. Oh, that's yeah, great. yeah, back in July, about a week ago, while I was at San Diego Comic Con, I started receiving uh, pictures and text messages from people that were just at bookstores um, and seeing it on the shelves. And it so it has in. actually. That's great. Yeah, they they put it out early. Wait, so wait, how did that happen? I guess it's mostly been Barnes and Noble. Um, I do know a bookstore in Seattle, an independent bookstore in Seattle, put theirs out as well. Um, but it's been kind of hit or miss. The Barnes and Noble that received their copies went ahead and put their copies out on the shelf. Um, which, I mean, for me personally, I think that's, that's You're great. Like, yeah, more time not? on a shelf, more, you know, more eyes gonna see it. Um, they had it out there this weekend when Harry Potter and the Cursed Child was doing its thing. And there were a ton of people there. So I was like, you guys, you guys, look at that shelf. Look what's over there. <laughs> I think we did uh, actually lose Dave, but hopefully he'll he'll pop back into the chat shortly. Um, so, so, Zach, tell us a little bit about Welcome to Deadland. Uh, what's the book about and what was your process like kind of starting off with Inkshares? Welcome to Deadland. Um, it's actually inspired by my experience working in a theme park in Florida when I was in college, but it does a, I describe it as, you know, more of wa uh, the walking dead meets lost because lost was really known for its format of each episode taking a different character and flashbacks to their life before the island and then to who, you know, what role they're having to play on the island. And that's what I wanted to do with Welcome to Deadland. You know, you see all of these post-apocalyptic stories where it's just 70 years later, 50 years later. And I've always wondered, like, how did you get there? You know, you see who people are today, but who would they have been if they weren't 
forced to face all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, a lot of books do the whole chosen one storyline. This one person's going to save us all. And I kind of wanted to put all of that on a spin. So Welcome to Deadland follows um, three different protagonists. And it switches to before the zombie-esque outbreak. Um, I say zombie-esque because my infected people, they're not reanimated dead. They're not, you know, it's not you have to take out their heads to... Mm-hmm get rid of them um they're infected but if you kill them the way you could kill us they still die they stay dead okay they stay dead and dead is dead Um, they're just not really sick like they got a bad cold they're hungry um they're focused (laughs) on flesh and eating Um, so they're they're theme park attendees i I can see the connection exactly do we have dave back yeah hey sorry folks that's the beauty of time warner that uh sometimes my cable just decides to stop working and uh and then i go away for a little bit bye i'm sure that'll be fixed now that charter owns time warner (laughs) of course i have no doubt whatsoever (laughs) we were just catching up with uh, uh zach and learning about kind of the backstory of, of, of his book and, and how his his zombie-like people are really just hungry theme park goers. Pretty much, uh, yeah, searching for the next turkey leg, um, <laughs> except it's a human leg. Um, <laughs> but, you know, at theme parks, it might be a human leg, too. You never um, know. You yeah. never know. Uh, I've never <laughs> seen a turkey with a leg that large. Um, oh, God. But that's where I wanted to, yeah, I wanted to show um, the three main characters. They're 17, they're 20, and they're 22. And that's such a impressionable age on people. And, I mean, that's that's the time where, you know, care, people try to figure out who they are. You're graduating high school or you're in college, and you're trying to decide what you want to do with the rest of your life. And switching from childhood to adulthood so with them, it's not just the transition and discovering themselves. It's the entire world you were raised to be prepared for is gone. And, you know, what what you were doing beforehand isn't going to work, whether you were a good person or what, you know, society would deem as a bad person. Um, how, how do you live? How do you survive? And being in Central Florida, they end up in a camp in a theme park. And it's really, they're trying to restructure society in a desolate theme park, somewhere everyone went for fun, and now, you know, the rides aren't operational, not that you would want them to. You don't want to attract any more attention. Sure. Um, So it's discovering, these characters discovering themselves while discovering what it means to be alive now now dave your book also is a little bit of a different take on, on a typical story the the way that zach's is a, a take on zombies yours is a take on the fantasy novel where the fantasy protagonists were just trying to pretend to be in a world to begin with right yeah and and it's certainly uh, a lot less cerebral than um uh than uh than zach's book um there's no uh trying to to figure out how people are um are uh, are making it in the new world so much it's it's much more of a straightforward uh kind of just uh fantasy 
Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's they that, but it's not that uncommon a thing, I think, for people to have that imagination. Well, gosh, you know, what would it be like if I were in the story? And really, that's where my story came from. Um, it was, you know, based upon um, my memory of being a uh, a young person it's the 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 book is written for 10 up 12 up that sort of age group um and uh reading these fantasy novels and thinking about oh gosh you know what would i do if that were me and so it seems like a you know it seemed like a a naturalless thing to take someone who might have been fantasizing about what would it be like if i were in the story and then all of a sudden boom put them in the story so give us the rundown. Like, what what is going on with these characters? Who me? Yeah. Okay. Well, so um, so the story begins with um, with Allison um, and her friend TJ. Her friend TJ is a um, uh, uh, is a veteran LARPer. He's been playing for years, and he finally convinces her to um, to go out on a weekend and meet the crew and go and uh, and do this. And she thinks it's kind of geeky, but she doesn't have anything else lined up. And so she goes on out, and it starts off relatively straightforward. Um, she makes her character. She's a brand new player, so she makes her character, meets the group. Um, they find out what the quest is, and then off they go. Um, and so uh, the uh, adventure starts relatively normally. They run into some NPCs. They run into a uh, an NPC combat with a bunch of uh, of creatures. Um, but then at some point, they make that transition from our world to the game world without really knowing it. There are clues that um, uh, that that make them think maybe things aren't entirely right, but they. I guess. Um, and, uh, and then when all of a sudden the real arrows start flying and the swords start swinging, um, it finally hits them. Yeah. Something is really, really wrong. And did you have a lot of experience with, with LARPing? Is that something that you do in your own spare time? My LARP experience is somewhat limited. I'm actually much more of a tabletop gamer. I've been playing uh, D&D since I was eight or so, and I'm 43 now, so do the math. A really long time. Um, I'm mostly Pathfinder now. I've done, um, I've had some experience with, uh, with fantasy um, uh, and uh, some other LARPs as well but it's it's certainly not it's not the the big thing that I do um really I was looking uh mostly for a uh a way to get the characters transitioned from the real world into the game world and um of the ways that I could you know of the plot devices that I could use this seemed like really the most kind of smooth transition um you know they're not rolling dice and all of a sudden dream sequence or you know like the D&D uh cartoon from back in the 80s more kind of smooth thing so let's uh, let's talk to you guys a little bit about how you got started writing. Uh, Zach, is it something you've always done? Something you you tried more, more recently? Uh, the, what what got you into writing novels? Um, well, my degree is actually in screenwriting. Um, I went to University of Central Florida for film, um, wanting to produce, and there was a requirement where you had to hit a certain amount of screenwriting classes to get your degree. Um, and after I took the basic 
required classes, I was called into my advisor's office and um, she actually told me that both of the screenwriting professors I had had approached her about having my requirements changed and um, some of my classes subbed out for um, additional screenwriting classes and for some of their mm. more experimental screenwriting classes um, and a year-long feature workshop. So the more I started screenwriting, the more, you know, my mind shifted to, I love doing this. Um, I moved to New York City right after I graduated college, and I was working in film and TV, but I was working a lot in costuming. Um, like, I worked full-time for Boardwalk Empire in their costuming department. Wow. So, yeah, that, I mean, and for me, I it's an award-winning and nominated costume department. And I was surrounded by beautiful clothes, but I was telling someone else's story, not telling my story. And screenwriting is just so hard to break into. Um, it's one of those, what came first, the chicken or the egg? You need an agent to get your writing rep, and an agent wants to see that you're capable of writing because you have something produced. Um, so I kind of sat back for a year and I sat down. I was like, all right, I love to read. I can tell stories already. I just need to teach myself to tell this story in a different format. Um, and that's when I started writing Welcome to Deadland because I figured that if I set out to write a book, I might have better success with that. And then not only would I be broadening my own horizons and challenging myself, um, I could do two things. I could screenwrite and novel write rather than limiting myself to one. I love that. I love how you, you kind of skipped the whole, you didn't do NaNoWriMo, you didn't put out a few, you know, short stories. You're like, I'm going to go for a full bore fiction novel, like right <laughs> out the gate. I think that's, that's very admirable. Admirable. Oh, uh, thank you. <laughs> Dave, what about you? How did you get sucked into this novel writing business? <laughs> well, actually, it's funny because I got into it doing uh, National Novel Writing Month. Oh, there we go. Uh, See? Yeah, there it is that I am a um, I am an accountant by trade. I teach financial accounting at the university up here in Maine. So I am not really a creative type. I mean, I guess creative accounting, but, <laughs> you know, we're not going to talk about that. Um, and so I heard about this thing, uh, National Novel Writing Month, uh, uh, the guy who um, uh, who created it, they interviewed it on NPR. I was listening because I'm an old guy. I listen to NPR. And um, he talks about this thing. He says, you know what? Everyone's got a novel in them and they never get around to writing it. So you just got to sit down and do it. And I said, huh, well, sure, why not? And um, so that first November, I cleared my schedule and I did nothing but write. And I wrote out the entire plot that I had um, thought of in about 15,000 words and said, well, crap, I need another 35,000. And so it was just really an exercise of pure unbridled creativity of just kind of throwing words down um, on the paper uh, or on the on the screen. Um, it was terrible. 
um, or it was mostly terrible. There were probably little nuggets of goodness in there, but it was, you know, a really positive experience. Um, I had fun doing it. My family was really supportive. They, you know, I didn't have to do dishes and I didn't, uh, didn't cook at all wow. during the month of hey, November. Hey, oh yeah. Yeah. Nice. My wife. Yeah. It was, it's pretty sweet. My whole family. And, um, my wife makes and, me cook during November and I do national novel writing month every year. <laughs> oh, well you need to renegotiate your contract, I think, or something. So we, um, so I kept doing this year after year. So that was back in 2007. Um, and then it's all fun and games was what I wrote for 2010. Uh, my oldest was, well, let's see, 2010. My oldest was nine or so, um, nine ish, almost 10. And I thought, well, you know what? I'm going to write something that, um, is targeted at someone her age so that if, at the very least, I've got a couple of kids who could um, who could read it. That's why Allison, uh, the girl, is one of the main characters. My oldest is a daughter, um, and uh, uh, and so that's how I got into it. And it's you know it's really my only opportunity um, to sit down and write throughout the year. That I'm you know with three kids, I'm always running around. Um, and November is just a nice quiet time. Everyone gives me space. And it's really it's really been a, a great experience. That's awesome. And I you know, I, I noticed that you were uh teaching accounting. Uh so I was curious though, what do you think about Inkshare's publishing model for authors in that case? Do you have any insight into into how it might be better or or worse for authors? Um well, certainly it is, it's a, it's been very positive for me. Now, um, there have been some changes that have been brewing at Inkshares, um, a, uh, in terms of, uh, changing around the revenue model or the, the royalty model and so forth. Um, as an accountant, um, I have been saying for months to, um, to certain my wife, she's rolling her, she's done, or she's been rolling her eyes at me for a while that the, uh, the, the royalty model seemed bizarre, uh, bizarrely high. Um, and when you actually crunch out the numbers cost to produce my book and what the gross profit is and all that stuff, purely from an accounting standpoint, to break even, they've got to sell a stupid number of my books. Um, and, you know, I mean, maybe it'll happen, maybe it won't, but an awful lot. Um, and so the, um, uh, so I guess the long and the short of it is that the model, the initial model of ink shares, um, it was, um, financially, I think unsustainable, um, and, uh, things, have to change one way or the other um, for ink shares to stay afloat, just purely point. Um, having said that, okay, that the model of doing the pre-sales to fund the upfront costs and then having the, um, the higher royalty split, I think is a fantastic idea because um, first of all, um, you know, with it's all fun and games. I had actually tried to find an agent that would rep me. I actually knew someone through someone who uh, was willing to have me send them my manuscript, and it was got kicked right back 
to me almost immediately. They really weren't interested. Um, did I just lose me again? Am I still there? Yeah, no, we still. Yeah, here. I can. See okay, you. I'm getting a. I'm sorry, I'm getting an error uh, on um, on my uh, on my browser page. Um, so the uh, so I was. Um, uh, so the trying to, to publish through the traditional, um, standpoint, uh, was a complete dead end from my perspective. Um, and so being able to, to bring the book directly to people, uh, through the presale and then using those, that money to improve the quality of my book, um, I think has been an absolute godsend. The the folks who did the editing work for my book have made it such a better book than what I originally submitted. I mean, it's like night and day, the difference between the two. Um, and that's because uh, we were able to pay for um, a good chunk of the editing with the pre-sales. Um, and then because all that risk has been eliminated or much of the risk has been eliminated in terms of covering upfront costs, well, InkShares is able to provide a relatively higher royalty rate than, um, uh, than traditional publishing. I think tradition, traditional publishing, an author gets in the single digits. Um, certainly a first time author is getting in the single digits in terms of percentage royalties. Um, and the, Old InkShares model was 50% of revenue. The new model, I think they're still trying to figure out exactly what the numbers are going to be, but I think it's still going to be substantially higher than what you would get in traditional publishing. So I, I still think, I think that even with the changes, I think the InkShares, um, the, the model for the author, I think is a really neat system. Well, cool. Yeah, I, I I agree. I when when they made those changes uh, known to us this week, I I had the same reaction. I'm not even an accountant, and I thought, uh, you know what, this is this is good because I think I, I always felt like they seemed unsustainable as well, and they seem like they're definitely on on a better footing now uh, going forward. And what you want is a company that's going to be there for a while to keep selling your books, right? Exactly. Um... I mean, certainly, I think that it's been a positive experience. I would love to continue to work with them uh, going forward. I don't know what Zach uh, Zach's thoughts are on the on the um, uh, on that. Yeah, go ahead, Zach. Oh. I've been talking an awful lot, so I mean, I'm not I'm not an accountant, so I I, I stick with writing and words better than numbers. Um, I mean, I do I do agree with some of the changes being made. Um, you just There's, want to make sure that you sell enough books that you can buy some donuts, right? Right. I love donuts. Yes. <laughs> donuts are pretty awesome. Um, yeah. Donut donuts are pretty um, integral to my lifestyle. Um, I do have a question. It says recording complete. On the oh top yeah. Of the no, screen. don't worry about it. We'll uh, we're gonna wrap yeah, up. Yeah, that's. I, think I got that same. I think I got Veronica that same. got kicked out of the uh, the recording. So um, we're just we're just gonna wrap things up here. We're almost to the to the end anyway. Oh, okay. Uh, if you guys could just let uh, uh, folks know where uh, they can find the book. Obviously, it's gonna be inkshares.com. Uh, and any other ways that they can follow you online, Zach, go ahead and and let folks know. Um. I can be found on uh, Twitter, Zachary Binks 7. Um, on Instagram, as Zachary Binks. Someone got the Zachary Binks Twitter handle before I could get to it. Um, and I do respond to messages on the Welcome to Deadland Facebook page, too. 
So if you like Welcome to Deadland on Facebook, you can message that page, and I try to get back within a day or two. Excellent. Uh, go check it out. Welcome to Deadland. It came out August 9th because you're probably listening to this on August 10th. Uh, and Dave Barrett, uh, where can folks find you? Is it mostly at the Inkshares page or do you have other places where they can find so, so I have got a an author page. Um, it's authordavebarrett.com. Uh, you can find um, uh, It's All Fun and Games on Facebook as well. Um, it's All Fun and Games novel. I uh, am on Twitter at Labak, L-L-A-B-A-K. And then for both Zach and me, um, certainly you can get our books uh, directly from Inkshares, uh, but it's also available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, and of course at your friendly local local bookstore. Um, I'm certainly a proponent of just going down to your local bookstore and ordering or uh, buying the book there. So certainly check out your local bookstore and see if they're carrying either of our books um, and pick it up there if they've got it. Ah, uh, to be young again like you, Dave. Yes. I, I'm three years older than you. So every time you oh say my heavens. old man, it just... just it oh, I'm sorry. Knife in the heart. I apologize. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's totally fine. You're only as old as I feel, and I feel really old. That's what I always yeah. say. <laughs> uh, no, thank you both for joining us. Uh, and Veronica, thanks you too. Uh, the recording just kind of kicked her out uh, for some reason. Uh, but it was great having you on. Congratulations on winning the Nerdist contest and best of luck in all of your sales. Oh, thank, thank you so you. much. Thank you. Thank you for thanks having, for having us here. Absolutely. Yeah. Our show is entirely funded by our patrons. Thanks to the folks who back the show. If you'd like to support the show, head to patreon.com slash sword and laser. You can also support the show by buying books through our links at sword and Our email address is feedback at sword and Our website is sword and Obviously we have a great uh, community on goodreads.com and our phone number is four one five seven sword six. We'll see you next time. Like you're there!